It's the Hoffman Show on the Team 980, always live as well on the free Odyssey app. We are streaming live on YouTube at the Team 980 as well. So check the chat, make sure we got the right audio and everything today after yesterday's adventure. Uh, Anthony, you just gave me the, the thumbs up. We're all good. You've checked the chat. Anybody interesting say anything in the chat yet? Uh, I didn't check the chat. I just listened to the, the stream. YouTube stream. Okay, that's good. That's fair enough. Uh, if you leave a comment in the chat, I'll definitely check them out in the next commercial break. And and uh, we will read many of your comments on the stream uh, slash ones you've left on our on-demand videos coming up at 530 because it is a Wednesday, even though it feels like a Tuesday. And, uh, and that's when we do never read the comments. All right, back to the points, if you will. Uh, three main points I want to make about this Sam Howell decision slash announcement today from Ron Rivera. Uh, that Jacoby Brissett will be the starter for Week 17. Uh, the first is that it's an organizational failure. Covered that in the last segment. If you're just tuning in, luckily for you, there's the Rewind feature on the free Odyssey app, and the podcast will be on demand, so you can go back and listen to that very soon. Uh, however, the second point I'd like to make is this. Sam's career is not over, and I think this is the one that most people are going to disagree with, and I get it because right now it feels as over as over could be. Like, he just got benched. You're, that's them saying he's not the guy. Sure. Sure. Here's a couple things I would tell you. One, them saying anything means bubka, squadoosh, nada, zilch, zippy. Zero. Why? Because them's not going to be here. And I could 100% see Ben Johnson. Frank Smith, Bobby Slowick, one of these offensive coaches who have played with quarterbacks on the up, not the elites, not the Patrick Mahomes of the world, watching the game tape, seeing Sam Howell do the high-level stuff that he did earlier in the year, watching him deteriorate, watching the game plan, watching how often he was dropped back, watching some of the offensive line play, watching some of the mental mistakes the offensive line has made, watching how undetailed some of the stuff that has happened here is, and simply going, this is ridiculous. I cannot believe they tried to play offense this way. This kid has something, and I know how to get it out of him. Because if I'm Ben Johnson, and that's what I've done with Jared Goff, now Goff was more successful in LA than Sam has been here, but like, and Jared was a number one pick. Let's not forget that. Let's not be disrespectful and say they're the same guy. Or if I'm uh, Canellis down in Tampa, and maybe the best comparison to anyone for Sam is Baker Mayfield, and I'm Dave Canellis down as the offensive coordinator in Tampa, and I'm like, I know what to do with this kid. It's what I just did with Baker. Sick. Now, Baker, also number one overall pick, but from a size standpoint, et cetera, you're, you're talking about much more similar players. Uh, mobility, all that kind of stuff. I think Sam's a better runner than Baker, but Baker can move around a little bit. Point is, if you get someone who believes in scheming things up for a quarterback and they come in and they're like, look, I don't really like Daniels. I don't like uh, J.J. McCarthy. I don't like uh, Penix. I don't like Knicks. Like, I don't like any of these quarterbacks any more than I like what Howell's already done. I've had a conversation with the kid. He's not cooked. He's fine. He just needed to take a deep breath and a step back. I know how to actually insulate him. I know how to incubate him. And by the way, I'm going to get way better talent around him because I'm going to take Marvin Harrison Jr. and get him the big X receiver that he needs 
or I'm going to take Olufashanu and I'm going to give him a stud left tackle and we're going to spend 50 of our $80 million that we have in free agency on offensive linemen and our offensive line is going to be sick next year. Like, yeah, I could see that Sam could be the guy here. But also, Sam might be on a Baker Mayfield journey. He might get benched. He might be the backup here for a couple of years. He might eventually wind up getting traded somewhere else or signing somewhere else in free agency three years down the line and being a decent player and working his way back into the league. Um, here's the thing about a young quarterback getting benched. There is tremendous precedent for four guys bouncing in and out of a lineup and ultimately not becoming... Patrick Mahomes, like Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. That was preordained. Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning. But outside of the select few, the Andrew Lux, um, et cetera, like some guys take time. And Rodgers sat for a bunch of years. Brady sat for a couple of years. Um, Kirk Cousins is, is the best example here. Kirk got benched multiple times in 2013, 2014. He is, at the time that he got hurt this year, was playing as a top 10 quarterback and has been a borderline top 10 quarterback the last couple of years. And other guys, whether even if it's because of injury, have been in and out of the lineup. Like, Tua's been in and out of the lineup. Injury-related, but he's been in and out of the lineup, and he's been better every time he's gotten back. Sometimes playing a little bit, taking a step back, getting to watch some tape, getting to watch someone else do it, especially a veteran. I mean, Tua got to watch Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, actually, no, I apologize. That was, the timelines are off there. Um, but... Obviously, we've we've seen different quarterbacks get to watch other guys play, and it can be beneficial. Rodgers watching Favre back in the day. Now, Rodgers, insanely talented, way underdrafted, etc. But like Mahomes watching Alex Smith. You watch a guy operate the system, and, and okay, I see how it's done now. I'm going to go do it. I see the timing. I see the rhythm. I see what he's looking for, and I see that it works. So... Is this good for Sam Howell? No. No, 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 no. This is this is not his ideal. I shouldn't even say, is it good? No. Is it ideal? No. Because ideal would be Sam was playing awesome and he continued to grow and we're never having this discussion because he just got better and better as the year went. But that's not how it went. In the spi- He's in a spiral right now. We've all had moments in our life where we need to get pulled out of a spiral, professionally, personally, whatever it may be, take a deep breath and be like, Okay, you want to know what? I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm ready. And then you probably need to take an extra deep breath until you're actually ready. Don't rush back into it. And maybe Sam plays against Dallas. Maybe he doesn't. But he's not cooked forever because of this. He might be, but it's not It's not a one-to-one straight line comparison here. This doesn't mean that he will never play in the NFL again. And I'm not going to say that I would bet on him being successful, because I've obviously seen how the last few weeks have gone, and I think that there are some concerning flaws in his game. I'm not trying to absolve him from all fault here or say that if if the approach was different, if the organizational failure didn't fail, then like we're, we're, they just ruined a star, right? But we definitely didn't maximize his chances of success here, and or we definitely didn't see, I'm not going to say we didn't because I didn't have anything to do with it, we didn't see his chances of success maximized here. And within there is still a football player that's done a lot of high-level stuff at a very young age. It's still very young and has a long career in front of him and seems to have a great head on his shoulders. So it doesn't mean that he's done. It doesn't mean that he's done here. And that leads to point number three, which is 
the future calculation still hasn't changed. We are still at a place where you have to look at quarterback, which is where they've been all along. What's changed is the numbers in the equation. So I guess in that way, the calculation has changed. The equation hasn't changed. If you don't like any of the quarterbacks when you're on the board and you love a non-quarterback, you should take the non-quarterback. And that's the most unpopular opinion in town right now. And I don't really care. I don't do this for popular opinions. I do this because I want to try to say smart stuff. And um, I think that's my job is to try to give you my honest, my honest opinion based off of years of reporting and talking to smart people and, and watching the league and, and understanding how it works. There are multiple ways to do this. And I think that's maybe the more important point, right? A couple of years ago, Detroit had some just choices to make in terms of who they took. They took Panay Sewell. It has totally worked out for them. They traded for Goff. That's how they got their quarterback. They took Sewell at, at right tackle, and he has turned into one of the best offensive linemen in the league for a team that runs the ball a lot, has great protection. They use him out in space. They've, they've actually got like a really good systematic way of maximizing a top 10 picks talent in Panay Sewell, even though he's a right tackle. They drafted these running backs like Jameer Gibbs. They signed guys like David Montgomery, and they get them out in space behind Panay Sewell. They're like, we have a star. Even though he's a tackle, how do we use him in the way that at times Trent Williams was used here and how Trent is used out in San Francisco by Kyle? So if you think Olufashanu is that damn good and you don't like the quarterback that is available to you, then you should take the left tackle or you should, you know, yes, Cincinnati also had Joe Burrow, but a huge game changer for them was Jamar Chase. Taking the wide receiver worked out. It can be that way. And then because you have the Bears pick at the top of the second round, you could probably very easily trade into the back end of the first, or you can probably very easily get up to the top of the second if you're not going to be sitting there pretty naturally, and maybe Penix or Knicks falls to you. And you get your quarterback that way in the second round, and you have a Hall of Fame-level player that you took at the top of the first. So you don't have to just take the next best quarterback on the board at three or four or five, whatever they wind up, two even. If you don't, and it's up to the next uh, group to evaluate what they think Hal is, what they think the other quarterbacks are, and what they think the non-quarterbacks are, and that hasn't changed. I think this conversation. I know that's not exactly the like the sexiest take, and I think obviously over the next couple of months we will all form our opinions on all of those players. We'll go back and we'll watch more of Hal with the different lens, like more of a critical eye, not an optimistic one projecting towards the future. We will watch more with like, where are the red flags that we may have missed? Uh, and, and do we think that those red flags are things that now with the benefit of hindsight are perma red flags that will never change. We will watch and, and learn more in the scouting process, the interviews, the behind the scenes, the medicals, all that kind of stuff about some of these these college prospects. And maybe for a roster that's so depleted of talent, it seems, trading back will be the right move. If they can trade back, you know, a team like New England winds up dropping, you know, winning another game and they drop to six, like, do they get desperate? And you're like, you want to know what? We'll take your second round or two. We'll have four top 40 picks, five top 40 picks, whatever it winds up being. Let's say you have three seconds and two firsts. Yeah, you do something like that. Um, 
and maybe even a future first because you think New England's going to stink next year. Maybe you wind up Houston Texing Houston Texaning it, uh, or I guess Chicago bearing it. Um, and that could be your plan too. So the good news is because they have like there's a ton of options here, a ton of options, and obviously it's going to depend on what happens if Chicago sticks with Fields and Arizona sticks with Murray and neither of them somehow trade their picks, like, could Caleb Williams fall to you? Maybe. Or if you only have to move up one spot versus two for Williams, like, that could be amazing. So there's plenty of of potential opportunities here. And I think that's the exciting thing. They've got the resources to make stuff happen. But making this move now was about now. It was about making sure that Sam Howell didn't continue to spiral to a place that it was irredeemable. And hopefully he's not already there. Maybe he is. Maybe we're already too far down the rabbit hole. But this was, you know, it's Ron Rivera playing arsonist fireman. He's cleaning up his own mess. And so he doesn't really get credit in that way for it. However, this was the only logical move today based off of all the things that I've talked about. It's the Hoffman Show. We're on the Team 980. We're always live as well on the free Odyssey app. When we get back, we will take your calls. 301-230-0980. A vibe check on a Wednesday. How do you feel about the quarterback decision? Talking to you next on the Team 980.